Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osses here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, it's another wonderful Saturday and weekend full of real estate and mortgage information here on Team Reba. That's right. Not quite uh, yard work yet to do. Not no. quite mowing the lawn. So you can focus on buying that next house. Yes, lots of wonderful things. You and I were talking before we went on air, we were going to call this the equity show. Right, that's right, because house values went up so crazy fast last year. Oh, yeah. Almost everybody out there is sitting on a good chunk of equity right now. If you're connected to any of those (laughs) online sites, you've seen it. You've seen, you know, the values going up every month. Oh, yeah. And this show, we thought we would talk about what do we do with it? Yes. What can you do with equity? What are your options? And we want to make sure that this is a show that also hits on a couple of different topic areas because what I was coming, you know, with today was from the the rental market perspective, Mm -hmm. what are landlords looking at, right? Mm Because last week we had a show with Phil David of Ben Ash Real Property Exchange talking about 1031 tax deferred exchanges. Mm -hmm. So that if you're a landlord and you want to sell that property where you do now probably have some monster equity built up Mm -hmm. and you probably have you know, played out your depreciation schedule on that property. Right. Well, what can you do now? Like, what yes. are your options, mm-hmm. right? And so we want to talk a little bit about that and why some people might be considering making that change. Not just because they have the equity position, but what's happening in this rental market locally that would prod somebody that way, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then you also have some interesting things to bring to the table mm-hmm. around equity. Right, right. We'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second here because yeah. if, as far as pulling your equity out of your yeah. property, uh, because that's the problem with equity is the only way to get at it mm-hmm. is you either have to sell or you have to borrow it. Yes. Because there's no other way. There's no other way to get to it. Yeah. So there's some options. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. Yeah. well, when we get there, I, I want to ask a couple of questions about which kinds of properties people can use that new product with. But um, yeah, so there's a 10. So this isn't the diversity, equity and inclusion show. This, no, is, this is we're talking about your financial equity in real estate. Right. On this show. We're, ta- we're talking about so, the difference between how much you owe and what your home is worth. Yes. That's equity. Yes, yes. exactly. It's a very so good kind of equity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So our, let me start off, though, with this whole thing on. Uh, well, no, before we get too far, mm-hmm. if you're someone who has yet to buy a property and is is not in that position yet of equity. Mm-hmm. We do want to bring up again because I think we forgot to talk about this last week when we had Phil on the show. Mm-hmm. We have our class coming up. Yes, quickly. we sure do. Yes. 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 And go can, ahead. Can you really combine wine with real estate and finance education? I do regularly. <laughs> but now we're going to share it. We're making it official. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So coming up on um, Thursday, February 3rd, from 5.30 to 7.30, uh, we will be holding our, our condensed version of mm-hmm. our real estate education course, our home buyer workshop, yep. at Tent Sellers Winery in Woodenville, Washington. Yes. And that is in the warehouse mm-hmm. location, right? Because right? Tent Sellers has multiple locations. They do. And so this is going to be in the warehouse district, mm-hmm. and it's along a whole row of other places, like Page Sellers is there. It's the same area where Patterson is located. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're familiar with some of those um, 
wineries in the warehouse district over there. That's where we're going to be. And it's going to be exciting because we'll have pairing of wines along with, you know, loan programs and, you know, how to write winning offers. Along with we're going to have delectable snacks as well. Yeah. And if if you haven't even been to the wine area of of Woodenville, this is just a great place. Mm -hmm. And Tent Cellars makes makes wonderful wines. Uh, I'm a member of their club, which Mm -hmm. which is why they're kind enough to let us use their facility. They have a really nice meeting room there. And so we'll be kind of hunkered up around some barrels and yes. um, have uh, have some samples as we go through the yeah. go through the evening. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And we we will be recognizing, you know, COVID protocols and all of that kind of good mm-hmm. thing, because we know there's still a lot of stuff going on. But for those who would like to uh, join us in person, that's where we will be on February 3rd. 530 to 730. If you are interested in signing up and getting information, please email info at teamreba.com and we will get you all the details. That's right. Or you can also check, uh, well, info at Team Reba is the best site. Mm-hmm. Of course, it'll be on your Facebook, your social media. It'll be on my social it'll media It'll also as well. be on our radio, Open House with Team Reba on Facebook. Yes. Yes. So we've, there's, because there is a link where you can sign up. Mm-hmm. So if you send us an email showing your interest, we'll send you the link yes. where you can go yeah, and put in your, one of your those details. Right. Uh, links. Uh, we're mm-hmm. already starting to, to fill up. So space will mm-hmm. be limited. We're going to keep it, yeah. you know, not too not too big a group just what is the maximum size that they're allowing us uh, 20 20 okay yeah, all right yeah. yes definitely we can probably squeeze that just a little bit but, but well we don't not with crowded. covid exactly not with covid we exactly. can't so That's... if you want to get in there and you want to make sure you're getting this because this listeners it's it's the place where not only are we giving you really great you know generic i shouldn't say generic we're giving you great advice on both the lending and real estate side of things, but it's a chance for you to ask very personalized questions mm-hmm. and learn from others because that's one of the things that people really enjoy is that once we start kind of working through all that process, a lot of people's you know questions are relevant to others in the room. And so it's a really great learning environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're the person who doesn't like to ask questions all the time, you'll still hear what other people are asking. It might prompt you to be like, oh, God, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know I needed to know that. That's right. Yeah, this is not a fluffy class no. at all. In fact, uh, both Reba and I have volunteered with the Washington State Housing Finance Commission teaching homebuyer education mm-hmm. for, well, you almost 20 years, me well yeah. over 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, we've taken the best parts of, of that five-hour class and condensed it yes you know down to two hours relevant relevant for anyone mm-hmm. any income strata that is interested in purchasing a home yeah we should clarify that you don't have to be a first-time home buyer to nope. really get some good information out of this class yeah and if we'll you've just moved everything. here from another area we have mm-hmm. a different process than a lot of states in the u.s it's so it's a it's a great way to learn what's going on what's happening in the market, what our process is, and how to set up a winning formula. And try a few splashes of wine while we're at it. Yes. <laughs> and if you like the wine, you're also welcome to purchase them while you're there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> so so I know that's uh, when I set this class up, they like, well, I know you got to have a order at least a case of wine to use the room. I'm yeah. like, not a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that'll be just fine. <laughs> Yeah, between you being a club member and then me being member of places just down the way, I'm like, um, yeah, yeah I'm pretty we sure can, we got that covered. I think we can manage that one. No, <laughs> just between us. No but problem at all. I'm sure other people will enjoy it as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, again, that's going to be on Thursday, February 3rd at Tent Cellars in Woodenville at their mm-hmm. warehouse location.
location, 530 to 730. Mm -hmm. And to reserve your spot, go to info at teamreba.com, T-E-A-M-R-E-B-A.com. I'm super excited to do something in person again. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We did all the last several. Virtually. Yes. Uh, so there's only so much that you can really handle on Zoom in those yeah. multiple hour sessions. So this is going to be fun because it's a lot more animated typically. And mm -hmm. it's just and it's just going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll so. definitely have some fun with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get down to some nitty gritty information. Right. People, people tune in to what we're talking about because... They want some real world information, mm -hmm. right? And so we're talking about this being our equity show. Um, when I said I wanted to talk about things uh, with regard to equity and what people are doing, you know, we've we've brought on Rental Housing Association numerous times to this programming. Mm -hmm. um, we've had property management companies come on talking about things. We've had attorneys on talking about these issues that are going on. Uh, with like landlord tenant law, what was happening during COVID with eviction moratoriums, mm -hmm. city of Seattle and a lot of their, uh, you know, kind of what they've been layering onto landlords. Mm -hmm. um, it, we've, we've seen lots of people starting to sell their properties because they're just kind of feeling like they're not um, appreciated you know, locally in terms of, you know, the housing that they're offering for people. Or in control. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why there's some lawsuits and things um, because it's, it's it's like a taking of property. There's some big question marks around what's been what's been happening. Um, so we thought let's let's talk about what are the latest, latest and greatest, right? Because mm -hmm. earlier this month, you and I were doing our, you know, predictions. And even last week you were updating one of your predictions around interest rates. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'm, I'm part of a lot of organizations like you. I get a lot of emails, RSS feeds, uh, connected to other professionals in the area. Windermere Property Management, which is a well-known and regarded organization, um, they track a lot of stats. The MLS tracks stats. And I wanted to share some of that with our yeah, listeners sure. today, right? Um, because it's, it's been a real mixed bag, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to, I'm going to read some things from the reports that they sent out, but basically what they were saying, and we have talked about it here on the show, we've been discussing about kind of the yo-yo effect that's been happening in the condo and multifamily market, um, particularly in the downtown areas, right? Capitol mm -hmm. Hill, South Lake Union and Belltown, um, we, we talked a lot. We actually did specific shows around what was going on with the condo market downtown. We did. Right. Mm -hmm. Because during some of the, uh, the height of the beginning of COVID, um, the fear factor of being in that kind of housing, um, the sudden work from home kind of, uh, you know, all these big companies shutting down their offices because they couldn't have everybody there. Um, really impacted, right? We also mm -hmm. saw a good percentage of the renters in the downtown apartment buildings, which also impacts the condo market down there because a lot of condos were being rented mm -hmm. to to folks in that industry. Many of them just suddenly, you know, had nobody there. Mm -hmm. You know, 10% of the rentals just poof because right. the people went back to their home countries. Yes, right. that's right. So that... That and the fear factor of living in a group environment with, you know, shared airspace and, and systems really, really put a dent 
uh, in that, that marketplace, only to then swing back when conversations about coming back to work were started as well as vaccines. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to have to table the rest yeah, of this until that. the uh, segment uh, or our, our uh, advertisers are completed here. But there's a lot of meat on this bone to pick at and uh, discuss as we get into uh, why you might want to consider pulling your equity into something else. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday at 2 o'clock. And Sundays from 3 to 4. And always on podcasts. Yes. Go so, to your favorite podcast source and you will find us. Just type in Open House with Team Reba. Over six years of content at this point. Yes. And loads, loads more on the way. That's right. You know, and this is one of those topics when we're talking about equity that even over this past six years, we've seen a fairly steady march upward mm-hmm. in equity. You know, six years ago when we started this show, we were already kind of out of the great housing crisis. Oh, yeah. We've seen rates cycle up. We've seen rates cycle down. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like we're cycling back up again. You yeah. Know, so we've been through a, a full cycle here. And, um, you know, with looking forward, are we going to be into a recession? Are we going to see the economy start to slow? Possibly in a year. Mm -hmm. or so starting to see some signs of that as higher rates and inflation causes people to spend less you know there's less money in their pockets less money Mm -hmm. to spend on and they're starting to taper back their spending but real estate Mm -hmm. is is one of those areas and especially psychologically where you get into this inflation mindset buy now before prices rise Mm -hmm. and it becomes a self-fueling engine. Yeah. And and that's exactly what we're experiencing right now. We've been through this before. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we've got so much equity, you know, built up right now. Are we expecting a bubble? No. Yeah. I think we can confidently say that. Well, and that's, you know, going into this report, it supports you and mine, uh, your and my viewpoint mm-hmm. on this, because as I was saying, as, as we had to go into the break, um, you know, those companies that thought towards the later part of 2021 that they'd be going back into the offices before the Delta variant showed up, mm-hmm. um, they started, you know, they're, they're still hiring. Yes. Those tech companies are still growing. Mm-hmm. And they still intend to bring many of their employees here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so... True. You know that it, it's it's the moving target right now of like when that's really going to happen, mm-hmm. um, because as we have new variants continuing to show up, it, you know, they keep having to change their plans. But it hasn't stopped the commercial real estate market from booming. No, and that's not even the rental market. Commercial real estate is still on a rampage right now. Right, right. and the the number of properties that are exchanging hands at some very premium prices is continuing. It is interesting to see that rental starts have slowed down because normally we were seeing anywhere from five to 6,000 rental starts. And I think there was, uh, I believe it was 500 last year. Now that partly has to do, I'm sure with, you know, the number of people 
uh, wanting to put in new apartment buildings because we're starting to see condos again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So those investment dollars, I think what we've got is some people trying to decide which will be the better of the two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, but we did have for several years before we had COVID where we were getting 10,000, 12,000 apartment units coming online. And so we had started to get a little bit of a glut in that area. Right. Um, so I think that might be part of what's impacting that. But but even with these large companies continuing their hiring, we're we're expecting that the rental market will continue growing. And so it's for those buildings that are there, that's another reason for them to continue exchanging hands because it is still seen as this is a very solid, safe place for these big institutional investors to put their money. Yeah, yeah. Right, because they they don't see a downturn. They wouldn't be doing that. No, they're not dumb. No, no. And they can buy and hold for long, long periods of time. That to me, though, also, Eric, is, is I think... Some of that, and I've talked about this on the show several times over the years, that my, one of my concerns about so many small landlords selling and these big institutional investors getting into both single family all the way to the large complexes is that it's going to get harder and harder for the the individual to get into the housing market. Mm-hmm. Because as you see investors buying and holding for long periods of time, that also impacts the inventory. Yeah, it squeezes that housing stock significantly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it also causes rents to rise. Yeah. In fact. And they are. Oh, yeah. We're up uh, year over year, uh, 2021, nationally 11.5%. Highest rent increase in 16 years. Yeah. And locally, it's way worse than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um the the challenge landlords have right now is yes while rents are going up landlords here locally are still struggling with the as moratoriums come off and there are now requirements for repayment plans right right um not all landlords are in that great position <laughs> because no. they have to you know make plans um, but for anyone who is in a position to to do that, yes, they absolutely can. Now, here's some of the other stuff, though, that's going on that can impact a landlord's decision to stay in the local market and or take their equity and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, in the city of Seattle, there's the new requirement that if there's a rent increase, um, it has to be accompanied by 180-day notice. Six months. It's insane. Yeah, it's just insane. That that's yeah. pretty intense. I yeah, mean, I I'm you and I were closing on a transaction this month with a gal that the reason why she was buying was because she had been given this was before the 180 day notice. She was during the 90 day notice for rent increases, and she had been given her 90 day notice, and now now it's up to 180 day notice. Mm-hmm. And it says increases of 10% or more may carry relocation assistance penalties, mm-hmm. right? So some landlords are like, well, if I want to maximize the value of this property, do I really hold on to it and have to deal with these situations? Or do I just want to go ahead and cash out and do a 1031 exchange and go to a different marketplace that's more landlord friendly, where I don't have to give a six-month notice? 
right? Yeah. Because sometimes landlords, you know, when they want to do a notice, they don't have six months, you know, timeline to to really make that consideration. Right. You know, maybe right. it's yeah, there's sure. uh, maybe there's some you know big issues coming up financially where they're going to need to raise the rents because they're doing renovations or they got major maintenance projects or right. there's or a big or they've changed like the property taxes and now they've got a big you know rate hike. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different things that can be part of that. Um, but there are a number of people who are looking at. Oh my gosh, it's just. I don't want to be a landlord anymore. Some of the stuff about the, mm-hmm. you know, just in time, you know, elements of, you know, whoever gets there first, if they meet all your criteria, you got to rent to them. Some, some landlords don't, don't love those requirements, right? Um, there's also the push for rent control in Seattle. Yeah. Which is a scary thing and actually not, allowed in our Washington state constitution. Mm-hmm. However, it's still getting pushed still and it's getting, getting pushed. pushed hard. Yeah. And, uh, and this is something that a lot of landlords didn't sign up for. They mm-hmm. didn't buy into it. They own properties. You know, your typical, I've said this before on the show, mm-hmm. your typical landlord in, in Seattle owns maybe one or two properties, yeah. 70% of our our housing stock. So it's still largely owned by, mm-hmm. by individuals and it's their right. 401k. It's their retirement plan. Yeah. You know, so when they start getting pushed around, you know, by the local municipalities and don't think, you know, if you don't live in the city limits of Seattle, mm-hmm. don't think that, that the, the rules that Seattle puts through aren't going to affect you and impact oh. you. Oh, Many of them are being done in multiple cities. Absolutely. And one of the things that's noted here, there's there's a push for a statewide rental property registry. Right. Oh. So some cities yeah. already have that. We already know that like Renton, Tukwila, Seattle, uh, I think Federal Way, um, numbers of cities have already started signing up and are also, um, which by the way, the, the Rio programs, which is the... Um, Rental registration inspection uh, requirement is is back in full force. Mm-hmm. It was at the beginning of COVID they had stopped because they didn't want to put you know inspectors into these you know locations, um, but they're back. Yeah, the inspectors yeah. I'm working with who do those are back doing rental inspections for sure mm-hmm. in multiple cities. Um, so there's there's more that's there, and the cost of being a landlord is going up. So if you are restricted to what you can do with the rents, but yet your costs are going up, people are going to be you know having to look long and hard at like does that make financial sense for me anymore? Yeah, right? Right. Um, is it for the time that I'm putting into it makes sense for me anymore? Because a lot of those same people that you're talking about, it might be their long-term retirement plan, but many of them are still in the workforce. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, not doing sure. this as their day job. Right. 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 <laughs> so, right. So that, yeah. that gets really interesting. Let me give you real quick though, there, just to give you an idea, at least locally. So uh, Windermere Property Management said that they were tracking um, in 2020, the number of their management clients who opted to sell their rental properties. This got real interesting. The majority of them are single family, which you and I anticipated. And the number increased by 33% Wow! across their portfolio in 2020 mm. as compared to 2019. Yeah. And um, it rose again in 2021 by another 21%. Now this was for statewide? No, no, no. This is locally. Oh, just locally. Wow. Okay. This is their like Seattle-based mm-hmm. property management, um, and 
that that tells us a lot about you know because that I mean even even though people are selling those they're probably not selling to other landlords mm-hmm. the price points on those properties are mostly going to be sold to somebody who's going to convert that into primary residence so that mm-hmm. the rental housing stock is being depleted right and so that's, that's why rents are rising that's why people don't understand the nefarious side of rent controls we've seen mm-hmm. it in other cities that have that have rent control yeah uh, that when people get fed up and they say i'm just going to sell my rental property that's not getting purchased by typically by another investor right it goes owner occupied now mm-hmm. you have fewer rental units available supply and demand is going to push the rents even higher yeah so the other thing that they noted in their report um they were talking about the uh, price per square foot rent growth, mm-hmm. uh, as just as well as like what those those prices were. Uh, interestingly enough, especially now that we have um, more people working from home, mm-hmm. because you get more more bang for your buck, so to speak, in the outer lying regions. Twenty twenty one, the South End grew almost twenty five percent. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. At yeah. All. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we may have a few more uh, surprise or not surprise after we get back from these messages talking about this. uh, And uh, then we're going to get more uh, equity conversation coming up. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba, let's get out our contact information. We always oh, forget yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, although I did at least get our email for my team, info at teamreba.com. But you can also reach me by phone, 206 910-3429 for my direct line mm-hmm. call or text. Excellent. And you can catch me uh, by email eric at ericismybanker.com or call me anytime 206-915-3742. All right. So um, let's get back into it because we got a lot of stuff to still cover. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we get through it all. So I was mentioning before the break that um, – you know, the South End has seen tremendous growth in terms of uh, people moving that direction, you know, mm-hmm. getting out of the city. Part of what's driving it is because people are needing extra space, right? If they mm-hmm. were willing to be in a much smaller space here uh, because they wanted to have a lower commute or because they wanted access to all these restaurants or what have you, the last couple of years have kind of changed some things, mm-hmm. right? And And people needing to have home offices mm-hmm. or some kind of workspace or space for their kids or you know maybe it's maybe it's two working adults and they're both spending some of their time at home working whatever I mean people are climbing on top of each other right, right. like we have all had to take a look at our spaces and go man is this working for me or not mm-hmm. and you know they're they're thinking well am I also able to get closer to other things I'm interested in doing, you know, what have you, like everyone's really kind of reevaluated their lives. But from a a price perspective, uh, as we also see, as you've already mentioned, we have inflation going on. If things are going up, people are trying to figure out how do I balance my life a little better financially, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So the South End is definitely 
um, growing by leaps and bounds. And and I'll see if I can find a way to share this as we put this out on podcasts later and into our blog. Um, but the the bar chart that they show between 2017 and 2021, I'm just going to kind of wow show it to Eric real quick. I see a huge big bar there. That's the purple one. Yes, that you can see, you know, what Basically, the south end was doing... So this is Seattle. The blue one here is Seattle, and that's south end, right? Mm-hmm. And over... You could see in 2018, um, Seattle wasn't doing a whole lot of change um, in terms of its pricing. Uh, 2019, though, you saw a 13.5% growth on rents in the south end, it dropped in 2020 and then in 2021 shot way up mm-hmm. to nearly 25%. Yeah, not surprised at all by that. And and part of that is that a lot of the housing, the rental stock in Seattle especially mm-hmm. went way, way up. You know, and oh, it's yeah. more expensive. It wasn't so much, there yeah. just wasn't as much affordable uh, well, housing. 2017 and 2018, I mean, 2017 was when we still had rents rising pretty quickly mm-hmm. in the city of Seattle. 2018 was when we started seeing it flatten because we had so many new units come online. Right, right. We also, uh, was it 2019? I'm losing track of time now. 2019 was when we started to see riots and protests and things like that, that that impacted us. That 2020. Impacted us, or 2020. That was 2020. Yeah. What, what we saw in 2018, you know what that was? Hmm. HQ2, Amazon. Oh, right, right. That was when interest rates went up. Mm -hmm. It's also when we had HQ2 announced in the middle part of the year. Right. And that made everybody in Seattle go, oh! Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. There was a a collective sphincter factor that showed up for a whole lot of investors. A bit of puckering going on there. Yeah, a bit of puckering because because it takes two to three years for those high raises to get built. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly these guys were like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, oh, no, okay, it came back. And the, immediately you know, the year after, it, it went right back up. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, so it's, it's been interesting to watch how these things have shifted. But, um, you know, just to give you a quick um, snapshot of what it looks like on the uh, price per square foot and the rents, they gave a nice um, listing of these things. So, uh, South End single family price per square foot was up 23.53%. Um, condo and multifamily was up 21.08% in the South End. North End, actually, uh, I'll use single family on this one, their price per square foot went up uh, 7.53%, and the total monthly rent was up 6.47%. Um, Seattle's the only one where you saw the multi condo and multifamily have a small dip, but the single family made up for it because single family uh, price per square foot was up 6.47% with the monthly rents up 3.57%. Right. So rent's still not keeping up, you know, with those no. prices. East side, even higher. The East side single family price per square foot went up 9.76%. And as a total amount of rent up 4.5%. So, you know, yeah. everything's just continuing to grow. So that's why there are still investors who are willing to purchase here. But I I would venture to say it's it's less about individual investors than 
mm-hmm. institutional or group investing. Right, because it's a long game, and they're they're anticipating that home values will continue to increase, mm-hmm. and and rents will also. If you're locking in the price you purchased the home for, yeah, you know, then you're you're able to kind of take advantage of that. Uh, there are other communities in other parts of the the country that have extremely good stats like that where the rents are relatively high as a percentage of Mm -hmm. the values of homes in fact locally here um you know and some some not so some not so good either uh atlanta georgia if you go way for Mm. far over providence rhode island portland oregon is still looking okay denver nashville i have one client purchasing tons of stuff in Nashville right now. The Nashville and just outside that area are are quite hot. Knoxville, right Nashville, um, mm-hmm. Tacoma is still on the one of the best affordable lists. Yeah, it is know, surprisingly so. Well, I mean, you could still buy some things under four hundred, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's getting harder and harder to find anything that's not requiring a major amount of work mm-hmm. at the three hundred point. Because, right. I mean, just think about this. I mean, you and I just a few years ago, we're still talking about the fact you could buy some bargains in the mid 200s. That's right. Down there. And yes. now that's just not it's, even it's feasible. pretty much gone at this point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't look at that market. Oh, no, and, absolutely. And it's still a great market. Right. And especially considering what rents are doing, um, you know, as mm-hmm. a, a, you know, in the South End, you know, how yeah. much those have risen and how dramatically. Yeah. So, yeah, I will say as we still, you know, kind of push our way through, you know, the stuff that is COVID variants, I'm still seeing more people getting back into using mass transit again, because I know transit has been mm-hmm. hit hard by yeah. all of this, but I'm starting to see people, I, whether it's appropriate or not, I, you know, I really, I'm not, I'm not making any judgment calls, but I'm seeing more and more people going back to using mass transit Mm -hmm. and so when we do have a lot of like the people i talk to when i'm helping them find the locations they're going to many of them are on some kind of a blended schedule with their workplace where they only have to be in Mm -hmm. one or two days a week right and so they're willing to go where they can get more for their money in these more outlying areas because they're like i'll I'll still go use the train i'll still you know use a a rapid transit you know kind of option Mm -hmm. Because I guess they're just they're willing to say, yeah, I'll just I'll I'll deal with an inconvenience a couple times a week just to get this other better place for me. I think that's perfect. Yeah. You know, and and if you look at at what our market's done outside of the main metro area here, we're seeing increases across the board in all markets. You know, it's on the west of Seattle, east, east side, Mm -hmm. eastern Washington, central Washington you know, yeah. you look at the growth rate in Cleelum or Ellensburg or oh gosh, yeah, you know, Bremerton, yeah. Paulsbo, yeah, Cedro uh, Woolley is going bonkers. Yeah. Did you know that? No, Cedro no, Woolley really follow that. Gro- yeah. th- there's new construction in both Mount Vernon and Cedro Woolley, which, by the way, listeners, I am covering up in Skagit County now since mm-hmm. I have property up there in yeah. Island County. Mm-hmm. But yes, I- I've been watching for over a year because of clients of mine that are all kind of going further afield. And um, Cedra Willie and Mount Vernon, tons and tons of mm-hmm. new construction that's in the 400s. Yeah, that's true. Really that's true. nice, mm-hmm. good-sized properties. The stuff that used to be in Bothell right. at that price point is now up in you know, Cedra Willie and Mount Cedro. Vernon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatcom County is already mm-hmm. getting, you know, it's, it's crazy up there oh gosh yeah yeah yeah. bellingham 
You know, although even Whatcom, I think, has Ferndale taken has off. a lot. Yeah, and 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 surprisingly, since the border was closed for so long, I am surprised by that. You know, but there might be some speculation mm-hmm. going on there because those markets have always done really well when the border's open because mm-hmm. you, know, you get that cross-border traffic and oh, yeah. a lot of business and things like that. Well, Anacortes and Oak Harbor, I mean, we know that I bought properties up there, but for a reason because they're growing. Mm-hmm. You know, Oak Harbor has a brand new hospital that's going to be coming in. And my neighbor basically let me know that there's a few other bases around the United States that they're shutting down their locations and transferring their people up to Oak Harbor. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to continue to have an influx of not just tech workers, but people inside of the medical, in the military, and all the support around that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's just tons of growth in, in a lot of the markets. Likewise, we're seeing the same thing down towards JBLM, mm-hmm. you know, to the south. Yeah. And looking at areas like Lacey, Olympia. Yeah. And Lots know, of new construction points, out that points direction. Points there, Graham, yeah. Roy. You know, you yes. Can, you can just kind of keep looking at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what do you do if you decide, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm getting out of here, I'm bagging mm-hmm. out. I want to buy something in some other area. I, I want to move where I got more property. Yep. Uh, how do I, how tap do I do my it? Equity. How do I do it? How, how do, do I tap do my it? equity? Yes. And to do that. I mean, there's a few different ways, mm-hmm. uh, but but the big it becomes a timing problem. Do I buy mm-hmm. before I sell? Do I sell first and then and mm-hmm. then I buy? Do right. I try and buy contingent? Right. Do I do I buy and rent a place for a while, or do I try and do it all at the same time? You know, right. buy exact and close the same day that I I buy the new place. Uh, I know we have to take a break here in just a little bit, but all of those have their own unique challenges. Oh, absolutely, because uh, you have to look at your own tolerance for change, mm-hmm. right? And your family situation, your pet situation, all of those things make a difference. Um, I'm excited that we're going to talk about that real briefly in our last segment because that's one of the number one things stopping some people from going ahead and making that move. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I know we're, we're, we're very focused this year on wanting to help people do that because we successfully did that lots of times this last year in 2021. Mm-hmm. And they all used a different variety of, of all those things that you just discussed. Right. So, and you have a great new product that can help with that. I do. So We are going to talk about that when we get back after these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Let's tap that equity and move. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. Talking about equity. Yes. We've yes. all got it right now. If you own a home, if you you've own got a home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know what? Can, can we talk about that just real quick? Because during our break, you and I both had to do a little bit of work. Yeah. <laughs> right? We did. Like just a quick snap, get it done, get it done. But one of the conversations I know that you were just having with one of our mutual clients happened to be around PMI and the ability to get that taken off yeah Mm -hmm. how to get rid of that right yeah and i had this conversation with someone just the other day so i want to make sure and bring this back up if you're getting into this marketplace just like what we talked about with the growth on rents and the growth Mm -hmm. on prices and people doing stuff the timeline because i'm about to write an offer for another one of our mutual clients and she was Mm -hmm. like well if i pay a premium to get and win the bidding process on this place Mm -hmm. 
doesn't make sense for me to do like an appraisal guarantee and these other things. And and so what we, you and I have been doing for the last several years is pointing out to people that with our growth and appreciation, usually within months to within a year, they're making up for the right. amount that they're offering over in the pricing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, in fact, I even have a spreadsheet I run on that based on you know, yeah. kind of average appreciation rates, which is yeah. no guarantee of the future. No, it's not. But but we keep talking about you know our marketplace and what it's doing, and it's been like this since April 2012. Mm-hmm. It has, yeah. And, That's a in fact, long run. Even, and 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 I I have this question asked me all the time: Do I buy now and put less than twenty percent down and pay mm-hmm. PMI, or do I wait till I have twenty percent down? Mm-hmm. And the answer is. Don't wait. Yeah. You know, what You've got nothing to gain by waiting. No. Because values are going to continue to rise. Rates are mm-hmm. rising right now. Yeah. You're much better to get on that equity train sooner rather yes. than later, even if that means paying PMI. Mm-hmm. Because with PMI, at least on a conventional loan, you can get rid of it mm-hmm. once you've built up sufficient equity. Well, and I'll just say I have one past, started as a client, ended up not being able to complete the transaction because he... Uh, asked his girlfriend to marry him as soon as they got under contract. And then her parents were like, oh, we don't like the house you picked. Uh-oh. Um, and so we had to cancel out of that transaction. I still, to this day, feel for that young man because he is now 400000 because they're still renting. Oh. They are $400,000 less, you know, in their yeah. pockets or in right. their, you know, wealth right. planning right. Um, because of that decision. I mean, yeah. it just, it breaks my heart that, that he lost out on all that opportunity uh, for down the road. Because even if he, even if they'd stayed in that house just a couple of years, mm-hmm. they'd have been in a better position. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right. it's just, it was an unfortunate thing that some outsiders who didn't understand what was going on. So that's the thing. We're experts in what we do. Mm-hmm. When you listen to your uncle at the dinner table who just came on a visit from, I don't know, Chicago. Right. They're I, like. Think about six hundred thousand for that. To. <laughs> you know, what, what, are you out of your mind? Yeah, it's like right. yeah. Think think about who that person is right. and their relationship to that real yeah, estate. Let's put that into perspective. That, yeah, generally right. speaking, someone who's giving you that kind of stuff, like we're in the market, and it, the the thing is, is most of you listeners may or may not ever work with me and Eric directly. Mm-hmm. But we're still giving you advice right. because we're experts in our industries. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, we've, we've done this once or twice. <laughs> we've wa- we've watched this market for you know twenty, thirty plus some years mm-hmm. each. Right. We know what we're talking about. We right. talk from a historical perspective all the time. Mm-hmm. Uncle Joe doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground. <laughs> you know? No offense, Joe. <laughs> Sorry, Uncle Joe. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's totally true, and and so kind of before the break we were talking like how do we how do we do this you know as far as the timing and, and everything goes you know one option let's say you want to sell you want to buy a new place one mm-hmm. option is to make your offer contingent on selling your home which is super hard it's real hard your sellers there's still four we've, or five buyers for every home on the market mm-hmm. so your odds are are you know pretty low on that we've done it it's mm-hmm. not impossible but it is really hard yeah it's hard it's hard so then the other option is why not pull some equity out of my existing home Mm -hmm. and use that as a down payment on the new one so you get into some nuances with that Mm -hmm. if you have plenty of income 
uh, that that works really well because you do have to qualify for the payments mm-hmm. on the old home as well as on the new home unless right. you plan on renting out the existing home, the old home. And if you plan on renting it out as a lender, we can count that rent if you have a signed and completed executed lease agreement and mm-hmm. a damage deposit. Um, if you don't, then we're going to have to qualify you on the combination of payments. Yeah, you can't just say your friend is no, going to rent you it can't. from you. No, that's not and make not, up a not a good thing, not no. a good plan. So then, uh, pulling the equity out, um, w- you know, one option is you could look at a refinancing your existing home. We call mm-hmm. it cash out refinance. We would have to call that home non-owner occupied because you're not going to be living in it, mm-hmm. uh, and because that saves us up our owner occupied loan for the new one that you buy. The other option is to use a home equity line of credit. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple different versions of that. Most home equity lines of credit uh, will not allow you to to, um, use it if you plan on selling the home because they are considered owner-occupied type of counts. However, uh, we do have one, which is a bridge program. Mm -hmm. And even if your home is listed for sale, you can use um, our home equity line of credit to pull equity out of your existing home. Use that as a down payment on the new one. Which is very awesome because you and I both know for several years, those kinds of products weren't available for a while. they disappeared from the market. They really did. Right, right. And so to have access to something like this right now is absolutely tremendous because as we were talking about here on the show, there's a lot of equity. So I mentioned April 2012 was when our market started turning around after the Great Recession. And we started running at 8 to 12% appreciation on average. And some markets hitting in the 20s, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the last couple of years, that has been pumped up even higher Right. And it's been consistent. So think about that. If you had purchased your house in 2012 or 2016 or even 2018, you have significant equity sitting in that property. That's right. That's right. So there's a great opportunity. And there's, again, people have reevaluated their lives and are saying, hey, I either need more space or I want better space or whatever it might be. But that same line of credit thing, it doesn't have to be a bridge, right? I mean, someone can just get that if they want to do home improvements for where they're sitting. Absolutely. Right. If you just want to, maybe that's the other option. I don't want to buy anything new, but I want to fix up what I've got. Mm -hmm. And that's where a home equity line of credit. Or I need to add on Mm -hmm. to something that I've got, or I want to add a she shed. You know, I was walking around the neighborhood with my neighbor, uh, Lisa, the other day, and I happened to notice a house I've never seen a she shed in the back with a, definitely an office setup. You could see the whole setup from the street. And I was like, oh, yep. People, <laughs> people, they didn't used to have that. There Somebody you go. decided, I was like, I know what the inside of that house looks like because I looked at it when it was for sale. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, let me uh, talk real quick about yeah. this, this home equity line of credit mm-hmm. and just a little bit of a background real quick. Uh, Homebridge Financial, of course, where I work, mm-hmm. uh, is one of the, the top lenders in the nation. Mm-hmm. We operate in 49 states. And uh, and we are in the process of merging with a fintech company called Figure. So and just define fintech. Financial technology company. Thank you. So, so Figure is uh, a whole bunch of brains there have invented or they, they're utilizing what's called blockchain technology mm-hmm. to process mortgages. 
and this will be a first for the industry. Nobody is using blockchain at this point. But they already have a home equity line of credit program that uses not only blockchain, but AI mm -hmm. to do all of its verifications. Mm -hmm. So with this program, we typically have a full full loan approval mm -hmm. within a few minutes. And, then and I can attest to yeah, that. Yeah, and we fun <laughs> we're funding within five days in, in yeah. most cases. So it's it's just lightning fast. Um, everything's done virtually, even your signing of your paperwork. You know, you mm -hmm. get on a Zoom call with a notary and hold up your ID and all of that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think you, you used a exclamation for um, your I, One that I can't, can't say, on, say on, this, <laughs> on this broadcast because yeah, <laughs> um, I would be bleeped. <laughs> So if you need it fast, you know, I mean, like crazy fast, it's a really wonderful program mm -hmm. and super, super easy to do. I have to say it gave me a great sense of relief to be able to get through it so quickly because normally it takes 60 to 90 days That's for right. a line of credit. So yeah. this was this is really fantastic, listeners. If you go check yeah. it out, get a hold of Eric if you're interested in learning more. Yeah. Well, that wraps up another episode. Open House with Team Reba. Join us every Saturday at 2 o'clock, Sundays at 3, anytime on podcast. Have a great weekend.